Hello, welcome to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast, where it is all about helping amazing physicians just like you create a wealthy life free from burnout and with the financial security to practice medicine on your own terms. I'm your host, Dr. Elisa Zhang. Hello, and welcome back to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast. I recently returned from WCICon 23, which was in Phoenix, Arizona this year. WCICon, which stands for White Coat Investor Conference, has the full name as the Physician Wellness and Financial Literacy Conference. This year, I gave a talk on transforming from burning out to burning brightly, for which you could earn a seeming credit for attending. People attending WCICon 23 could earn up to 22 CME credits for attending the wellness talks. But unfortunately, you can't get CME credits for all the financial talks in the financial literacy arm of the conference. But I think the fact that we can't get CME for financial literacy really highlights why so few doctors know so little about finances and investing. For most of us, there's almost nothing about finances or investing as part of our education or medical training. I am learning that there are some resident programs that do incorporate personal finance into the curriculum. This may be from an attending who has taken up the helm to bring financial literacy to their program. I do know a few physicians who take this role on in their institutions. Other training programs bring in a financial advisor to speak, so it may just be one talk, and it's questionable how vetted that financial advisor is and if they're truly fiduciaries unknown. I myself recently started giving introductory talks to residency and fellowship programs to help improve financial literacy among physicians. And this started by a residency program director just asking me if I would come talk to residents, which I was happy to do. If you are connected with any medical training program and would like me to do a talk for you, please reach out to me at growyourwealthymindset at gmail.com. I'd be happy to do it. It wasn't that long ago that most physicians were entrepreneurs, typically having their own medical practice or working for another physician. The trend of physicians working for corporate medical systems has been relatively recent, likely due to the rise in healthcare costs and as managed care gets more prevalent. According to a 2020 survey by the Physicians Foundation, only 32.8% of physicians reporting being self-employed, compared to 55.3% who reported being employed by a hospital or a medical group, and 11.9% who reported being employed by an academic institution. I personally think that it's not in the healthcare system's best interest for their physicians to be financially savvy or financially independent. Being financially independent gives doctors more power to negotiate with healthcare systems over things like compensation or just other parts of the job. Keeping physicians financially illiterate makes it easier to place golden handcuffs to keep physicians from feeling like they have to work within the system. Becoming financially literate empowers physicians to walk away from the current system. Embracing entrepreneurship helps physicians take back healthcare. And speaking of entrepreneurship, Made for More, the book where 47 physicians shared their stories of entrepreneurship, was available for purchase during the conference, and I did my first ever book signing. And with that, let's get back to talking about the conference. This year's guest keynote speakers were, in order of appearance, Dr. Stacy Taniguchi, Christine Benz, and Dr. Ashley Williams, which I may be butchering her last name. It's spelled W-H-I-L-L-A-N-S. All three gave great, albeit very different, talks. 
Today, I'm going to delve a little bit more on Dr. Stacey Taniguchi's talk, which was Choose to Thrive, and it really resonated with me. Stacy has been a guide leading mountaineers to summit the tallest peaks on Earth, including Mount Denali, the highest mountain in North America, and even Mount Everest, the highest mountain on Earth. One of the questions he asked in his talk was, would you live your life over and over again for eternity? I know some of you are thinking, no way, because as Dr. Stacy also said, there have been traumatic experiences in your life and you don't want to live that over and over again. But most people would say, yeah, there are some parts I would and some parts I wouldn't. But as Stacy said in his talk, he really means for this question to be a yes or a no. And his hope was that you could either answer yes now or after his presentation that you may be thinking, absolutely, I would, based on what he has taught during his presentation. So to go more into what he presented, many people, when they answer that question, will base it on how life has been lived in the past. But the past is set. It's already established, and you can't go back and change it. You don't have control of your past anymore. It's over and done with. That's a concept we also talk about in coaching. And that's why coaching is more about moving forward and what you're going to do now instead of actually really rehashing what happened in the past. I've discussed before that the difference between coaching and therapy kind of lies in that often therapy is about exploring the past. So how do you see your future? You can still determine where you go forward from here. You can make your path more clear. You can make it more exciting. You can make it whatever you want. You can make choices that help you want to live your life over and over again for eternity. And it's your choice. So you can see why this talk really resonated with me. Because yes, in coaching, we always talk about how we do have choice. Everything we do is a choice. And the choices we make ended up making up what our life consists of. So then Stacey asked, where do you see yourself in the future? Do you see yourself enduring life? Or do you see yourself wanting to live your life to thrive? Everyone would like to live a life where they're thriving. But, you know, sometimes we say it's easier said than done. So how do we actually go about it? So Stacy pushed us to actually be intentional. Again, it's about choice. And once that choice is made, being intentional is to start living that life that you've chosen. Stacy also talked about identifying what's important to you, identifying your values, and also about prioritizing your values. He quoted Hiram W. Smith, who said, the secret to achieving a life to thrive lies in understanding your core values, those things that are very important to you, and then seeing that they are reflected in the daily events of your life. So then Stacy talked about the audience of how to make the thrive list, the list of things that you want to do in your life. He came up with this idea after seeing a Life magazine article about a man who made a list of 100 things he wanted to do in his life and that he had completed that list. He encouraged the audience to make their own list, and these are the question prompts he gave to help make a list to thrive. What do you want to accomplish? What would you like to learn? Who would you like to meet? Where would you like to visit? What would you like to see? What would you like to create? Stacey also stressed that this is not a bucket list, because a bucket list is a checklist of things you do before you die, and this is a list to plan of how you're going to live. He states that it's important that the list be aligned with your values, because otherwise you won't thrive. But this list becomes a roadmap to living a life to thrive, 
and it opens your eyes to the idea that opportunities are everywhere. So instead of saying, I don't have time to do it, you make the time to do it because it's on your list. So when making the list, he talks about five steps in order to do this. Number one, you have to choose to thrive. You have to decide whether you want to endure or thrive in this life. And if you're going to want to thrive, you have to prioritize it. Number two, identify your values. You want to put things on your list that bring you closer to your values. You also don't want to put anything on your list that conflicts with your values. Number three, prioritize your values. There are some values that might go against each other. You got to know which one's more important. You may have a value of financial security, but you also have a value of integrity. And if your value of integrity goes before financial security, there are times you're going to have to give up something that could give you financial security in order to have that integrity. And I think that's something that we as physicians acknowledge frequently, if not every day when we're practicing. Number four, make your list. And then number five, go out and live that list. I feel like I kind of made my own list years ago. I called it a bucket list. But what's a bucket list to someone who's healthy and in their 20s? So really, it was a list of things that I wanted to do in my life to have an exceptional life. It's not like I was thinking about dying anytime soon when I wrote this list. So after listening to Stacey's talk, I decided to get out my bucket list, which I've been updating over time. I went ahead and edited the list a bit and making a new Thrive list, taking out some of the things that were on the bucket list. Since some of the things on the bucket list are really just places I'd like to visit since I love to travel. And they don't feel like they would make kind of a top 100 for my life. Because honestly, there are 100 places on the list of places that I just want to see. So I also reviewed my goals, which I've been writing down since I was a medical student and doing new goals generally once a year. So if you want to get a glimpse onto things that might go on a Thrive list, here's mine. So first, I'll start with the things that I've already done, but I feel like there were things that I had intentionally decided I really wanted to do or see or experience, and they really do belong on that Thrive list, even though I've completed them. And Cece in his talk actually did talk about putting things on your Thrive list that you have already accomplished, the things that uh, are part of your life that you would want to live over and over again that has helped you thrive to this point. So when it comes to my goal list, things that came off my goal list that I think make my Thrive list were earning my medical degree and earning my PhD. Because there was definitely a time where I thought about quitting when it came to my PhD. And there were definitely times where I wondered if being a doctor was for me, though I never actually thought about not earning that MD. But obviously it was years of hard work to get there. I'll also add to my Thrive list, matching to ophthalmology residency and completing the ophthalmology residency, which were both on my goals list as well as getting trained in ocular plastics. Also kind of more on the career route was becoming a published author and being a first author on a published research paper, which I've now been a first author on many research publications. As much as I've spent much of my life working towards my career, there's a lot of things in life that I really wanted outside of my career, which I think is true for all of us. So here are some of the things on my Thrive list that I've done that have really addressed that. Swimming with dolphins, something I did in Cozumel many years ago and was so much fun. Hike the Inca Trail, which I did my last year right before graduating from my MD-PhD program. Span the equator. 
which I did when I went to Ecuador to visit my best friend from high school who was working in Ecuador at the time. Summit Mount Kilimanjaro, which I did with my good college friend Nita in the year soon after I became an attending. Hold a koala. I had a friend who had visited Australia and had held a koala and said that they really were so soft. And so I really wanted to hold a koala. And I made that happen when I went to Australia after completing my residency program. And I got the information from my friend on where I could go to actually hold a koala. And it was great fun. Cruise the Yangtze River through the Three Gorges. When I learned that the Three Gorges Dam was going to be built and was going to flood the Three Gorges, I really wanted to get there before that happened. And I was actually a college student that time, so it wasn't necessarily easy for me to jump over to China. But I did kind of convince my parents that we should have a family trip to China, and that was my first trip to China. And then we did go on a Yangtze River cruise and got to go through the Three Gorges before the dam was complete and the Three Gorges were flooded. Swim in the Dead Sea. So I've seen pictures of how people flowing the Dead Sea are just so buoyant and how it's such a surreal experience. So that was the experience I really wanted for myself. And I got to go do that with my sister and at the time her boyfriend, but now her husband back in 2010. Dive the Great Barrier Reef. So the first time I went scuba diving was in Aruba when I was a teenager and our family went on vacation to Aruba. And I really just love seeing all the fish. And I really love just having my own oxygen because I'm not a strong swimmer. So it made me feel really safe to have my own oxygen. Going scuba diving just seemed a lot more peaceful than snorkeling. So I really just love the scuba diving and the Great Barrier Reef being the largest reef on Earth, such that it can be seen from space, really just made my list very early on. Go skydiving. It just looks like so much fun. So I'm a roller coaster junkie. I do love roller coasters, or at least I, I really love them as a kid, as an adult, and probably not as fanatical about them, but I still do enjoy them. And I really love the free fall. I love the feeling of free fall. So I just always want to go skydiving to just have as much free fall as possible. And I made that happen during that trip to Australia. So another thing on my Thrive list was go on safari. I went to South Africa in May 2017. And so I really want to see what they call the big five animals on safari for South Africa, which were lions, elephants, rhinos, leopards, and buffalo, which I got to see all of them. And I even got to see a white lion, which is incredibly rare. I also really want to see giraffes in the wild, as well as gazelles and just all the other animals. I really enjoyed the safari trip, which I got to share with my husband. And he actually enjoyed the safari trip. Even though he generally doesn't love to travel, he does actually love watching animals. Learn traditional archery. This was something that I wanted to do after reading The Chronicles of Narnia. I think it was, was it Susan, uh, who was just really like so amazing with a bow and arrow that she could hit anything. And I just thought that was a really cool skill. So I wanted to learn like real traditional archery. And I have since learned traditional archery. I'm not as skilled as Susan is. I am skilled enough that I feel like I can put that on the done list. Eat at Alinea. Uh, Alinea is a three-star Michelin restaurant in Chicago and has been reported to be one of the best, if not the best restaurant in the world. And so I really love food. I appreciate good food. And so when I heard about that, I really wanted to go to Alinea. And of course, it's expensive to go, but it's also hard to get reservations. Uh, my sister did an amazing gift of treating me to eating at Alinea as a graduation present from when I graduated residency, which I did my residency in Chicago, and my sister also lives in Chicago. So I got to go to Alinea with my husband, my sister, and my sister's husband. 
which was really an amazing night. And at the time I thought was a once in a lifetime experience. Now I actually feel like, you know, I might actually like to go back. And that's the great thing with living a life to thrive is that nothing has to be once in a lifetime, potentially. The great experiences you have, you can do again. Ride in a hot air balloon. That was just something I also really wanted to do, as well as go to the Albuquerque Hot Air Balloon Festival, which is the most photographed event in the world, or at least reported to be that way. So I did go to that festival and got to ride in a hot air balloon the first time when I was there. I have since ridden a hot air balloon again when I was in Egypt. It is the best way, in my opinion, to take aerial photographs, at least taking them yourself as opposed to with a drone, which I guess you could say taking with a drone, you are selecting the pictures, but actually having the camera in my hand and looking down on the earth from a hot air balloon is just perfect for photography because there's no glass like there is with planes or helicopters. And you're going at a much slower pace, so you don't have to necessarily worry about any kind of motion blur. And you're also usually a little closer down than you are when you're in a plane or a helicopter. Going parasailing was on my list. That just looked like something that'd be really fun. And I did get to do that uh, many years ago when I was in Thailand. See the cherry blossoms in Washington, D.C. That was something that I really wanted to see. I just seen pictures of it and just looked beautiful. And so I made that happen during med school. There was a time where, okay, the cherry blossoms were blooming. It was a weekend. We were in Cleveland, but I was like, well, we can do a mad dash weekend uh, road trip to Washington, D.C., we had a friend who was living in Bethesda, Maryland, so we were able to crash in her basement. And we just drove out there, saw the cherry blossoms, stayed, I think, one night and drove back. So it was a really quick trip. But, you know, that's the kind of thing that having things on your list to thrive makes you do is it makes you make it happen, right? The cherry blossoms only bloom a certain time of year. And when they were blooming and it was reported to be good weather and beautiful out, we just went. Those are things that are on my Thrive list that I've completed. I do have a few more, but you kind of get the idea. Here are some items that are on my Thrive list. I'm still in the process of completing. So one is visit all the U.S. national parks. I visit a lot of them, but I'm still missing the ones in Alaska, as well as a few still in the continental United States, uh, mostly ones that are a little bit more remote, like Big Bend National Park. While putting that on my Thrive list, I've realized I want to be a little bit more intentional about planning to actually get to those national parks. Visit all 50 U.S. states. So I have been somewhat more intentional about this recently because of the pandemic. I generally was using my vacation time to travel internationally because there are a lot of places I want to see around the world. With the pandemic, I felt better about traveling within the United States. There have been three states left on my list for quite some time. The last three states were Arkansas, Rhode Island, and North Dakota. Now, Rhode Island, I believe I had driven through when we drove from Cleveland to Cape Cod, but I decided not to count that because we didn't like really stop there at all. So I went to Rhode Island last year over my husband's spring break and just planned a trip that included going to Rhode Island to knock that off the list. Same thing with Arkansas. So that was another road trip that we did over the pandemic. I think that was actually the first vacation we did over the pandemic. And the last date, which I haven't been to yet, is North Dakota. And I'm really planning on trying to make this happen this summer. But if it doesn't happen this summer, it'll happen soon. There's also visiting all seven continents. I've been to six of the seven continents. And I had actually made the goal of going to Antarctica in 2020. Um, and that was a goal that I ran down in 2010. I had actually booked the cruise to go to Antarctica for December 2020. 
I mean, I booked the air flights, the hotels, like everything. But of course, the pandemic came and that postponed the cruise. So now we're actually going to do it this December and it is booked. So here are some other things that I have on my Thrive list that I haven't yet done. I see a cheetah in the wild. So there aren't cheetahs in South Africa. So I do need to go do another safari more north. Stay in an ice hotel. And that's just, I think it'd be a really cool experience. Putting that on my Thrive list now makes it such that, okay, I really want to actually make that happen. See Mount Everest. I don't have the desire to climb Mount Everest. I'm not a mountaineer. I went to summit Mount Kilimanjaro partially because it was the tallest mountain in Africa. It's a mountain that you can climb without actually like mountaineering experience. And then seeing the Moye statues in Eastern Island in Chile. That's just something that's been iconic and someplace I want to go, but haven't actually made the intention of really planning out, as well as uh, seeing the Galapagos Islands in Ecuador. So that's another place that I have been thinking I really want to go for a long time. And so just my thoughts of like other places I want to be more intentional about going. I'm going to spend some more time thinking about my Thrive List so that it's not just about travel and places I want to go adding more experiences that I want to have. We're thinking about some of the other prompts, questions that Stacy gave during his presentation, like who would I like to meet? One thing in reflection of making this Thrive List that I think is interesting that while I did have monetary goals written down that were on my list of goals, when it came to my Thrive List, I didn't actually think those monetary goals belonged on it. You know, goals like becoming a millionaire or becoming a multimillionaire. And I actually had specific numbers of like when I want to have a certain net worth by a certain date. But I feel like the point of having money is what I can do with the money. And that includes doing the things on my Thrive list. Having the money in itself doesn't feel like it's part of living a life to thrive. I really believe money is a tool to get the things I want and also just pay for the things I need. While I love having money, money is an artificial human construct, and it's not necessary in the same way that water or food or shelter is necessary. So that doesn't mean that you can't put monetary goals on your Thrive list if that's something that you really feel like will help you live a life to thrive. But you can see that I didn't actually put the goals that I have specifically towards real estate investing, even though I have, I think, grown a lot from that, or my goals for entrepreneurship, which also has caused a lot of growth and probably is helping me have a life to thrive. But when I was making this list and thinking about those things, I was really trying to think of like, really, if it's just a life to thrive and money was no object, then what do I really want on it? But of course, your Thrive list can have whatever you want on it, whatever you think would help you have a life to thrive. Working on making my Thrive list has also shown me just how many amazing experiences I've already had in my life. I don't mean to use this list as a way to brag about the things I've done, but it really was an exercise of reflection. And I know that my life will continue to be amazing because I'm going to keep doing these kind of amazing things. And I hope your life is an amazing life that you would want to live over and over again because you're doing amazing things. I hope this inspires you to make your Thrive List and also gives you some ideas. Thanks so much for listening to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset podcast, and I'll be back next week. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could share it with your friends and colleagues. And now for the disclaimer. I am not a certified financial planner, accountant, or attorney, and nothing I say should be construed as professional investment, tax, or legal advice. This show is primarily for your education and entertainment. 
I am a physician, but I'm probably not your physician. So if you need any medical advice, please contact your own physician. Thank you.